0: Amen. I hope I'm not too much for y'all this morning. I feel like I'm being too much for myself. Come on. <laughs> but we are we are continuing uh, in our series on spiritual warfare. How about that? <laughs> but this series, I believe, is going to bring about transformational change in your life because it is exposing the enemy. Amen. And a friend of mine said this. She said, an enemy exposed is defeated, but an enemy hidden is not forbidden. So it's when you become aware of Satan's schemes and strategies against your life and you get armed with the truth, that is when victory is on the way. Somebody get God praise for the word of the Lord that unmask every scheme of the enemy against your life. Amen. So today, we're going to talk about witchcraft in the home. That's where we're at in this series. So if you'll slip your hands up with me, and let's just pray one more time. Father God, I have prayed for your anointing. I pray, Father, that you would anoint me, that I would be hidden in you, that I would not be seen, that you would be seen and heard, because it is definitely not about me. It's all about you. It's about what you want to do in this hour. You are speaking. Oh, Lord, you are speaking. You are speaking so loud and clear. You are speaking so intentionally. Lord, let us be people with ears to hear. I bind all distractions, disturbances, and demonic powers against freedom in this house today. And I'll lose clarity and peace and the revelation of truth. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, that we have been made more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. We give your name all the praise for it. Amen. Amen. Will you give him one more clap of praise? Amen. Why don't you just high-five somebody next to you before you sit down? Glory to God. So last week, we exposed this truth. Apostle was here, and I know all that he had shared with you in the house, and we exposed the enemy. Were you here last Sunday? I know there may be some that did not make it, but last week, we exposed this truth, that there is a world in the spirit realm that is every bit as real as the world that you and I live in right now. As real as this podium right here, there is a spirit world going on. It's a world filled with demons and angels, a devil, but also the almighty God. Hallelujah. And the devil is not equal with God. He was created by God as a beautiful angel. This is what Ezekiel says. You were the model of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. You were anointed as a guardian cherub, for so I ordained you. You were on the holy mount of God. You walked among the fiery stones. You were blameless in your ways from the day you were created till wickedness was found in you. Through your widespread trade, you were filled with violence and you sinned. So I drove you in disgrace from the mount of God, and I expelled you, O guardian cherub, from among the fiery stones. Your heart became proud on account of your beauty, and you corrupted your wisdom because of your splendor. So I threw you to earth. I made a spectacle of you before kings. So I just want to reiterate this. Satan is not a wicked God that is equal with God. He's not just an evil version of Jehovah God. He wants you to think that he is, but don't give him that kind of credit. He was created by God, just as we read in this scripture, as a perfect angel in every way. But he became prideful and he became rebellious. He wanted the worship that only belonged to God. And because of that, he was kicked out of his position. But when Satan fell, he didn't do it alone. The Bible says he took a third of the angels with him. In other words, he took a well-organized network of demon powers to help him accomplish his purpose. And the Bible tells us that his purpose is to kill, steal, and to destroy. And you say, well, Pastor Don, a third of a group is really a big group. And I would have to say, yes, a third is a big group, but two-thirds are on our side. And those who are with us are more than those who are with him. And as believers, we have one who is even greater than an army of angels on our side. We have Jesus Christ who conquered Satan on the cross of Calvary. Somebody give Jesus a big praise today. Glory to God. We had the mind of Christ to overcome. So today we are moving on to talk about witchcraft in the home. Paul said this in Galatians 3, verse 1. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Bewitched in this text means to charm, to fascinate, to please to such degree as to take away the power of resistance, the act of casting a spell. Paul said, who bewitched you? Paul is dealing here with the Galatian church. Let me say this. This happened at church, not at a seance. Come on. Many Christians are blind to the influence of witchcraft in the church and in the family. But Satan first showed up in the home of Adam and Eve. His intentions from the beginning was to divide the home from God. To bewitch families to operate in disobedience and so separate them from God's presence, from his purpose, and from his power. But we are unmasking him this morning. And as we are looking this month at different aspects of witchcraft, I want to reveal today the aspect of witchcraft as a work of the flesh. So let's look at Galatians uh, chapter 5, verse 19 through 21. It says this, Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Paul is listing the works of the flesh, the deeds the doings of our human nature apart from the divine influence of Christ. And right in the middle of the list of the works of the flesh are idolatry and witchcraft. Idolatry is the worship of idols. It's putting something before God and worshiping it above God. A definition of witchcraft is this. Witchcraft is the intent to control people And make them do what you want by use of any spirit, which is not the Holy Spirit. So I'll I'll read that again. Witchcraft, talking about as a work of the flesh, is the intent to control people and make them do what you want by use of any spirit, which is not the Holy Spirit. And if any person has any spirit that he uses, it is not the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is God and, and no one uses God. Come on. In our carnal fallen nature, we desire to control people. A lot of people who feel they want people to do something will use any means to get them to do it. Most people don't realize what they're doing because our carnal nature is we desire to control people. We want our way. And we desire to get people to do what we want. And we use illegitimate means to get it. It's natural to the flesh. That's what Paul is saying. It it is a work of this flesh. This flesh that has not been changed by Jesus Christ. Our fallen nature that we were born into. We are just bent to go that way without Jesus. But this kind of operation has three key controlling spirits. Manipulation, intimidation, and domination. Domination is the exercise of control or influence over someone or something. So the end purpose is to dominate, to control people, to make them do what you want. And there are two avenues to do that. One is to manipulate One is to intimidate, but the end purpose is to control, and that's domination. And when you encounter these three means, you encounter witchcraft. So according to what someone is wanting to get or what they want to control is whether they will use manipulation or intimidation to get them to do what you want them to do. Now, I'm not talking about anything supernatural here, but witchcraft as the work of the flesh and how it manifests in the home. You see, there there is a God-ordained order of the home. And we can turn it upside down and all around. But nevertheless, God has ordained a certain order for the home. (laughs) The husband is the head of the wife. And beneath the authority of the husband and the wife, the children are subject to the authority of their parents. So witchcraft wants to use either manipulation or intimidation to remove God's divine authorized order. So let's take a look at how these three means are at work in the home and in the family. The first one is manipulation. Manipulation. We're just naturally born to manipulate. You're like, not me, Pastor Don. I'm an angel. I'd never dare to do such a thing. Oh, liar, liar, pants on fire. Come on. (laughs) But we're talking about witchcraft as a work of the flesh, the unregenerate man. As the offspring of Adam, we inherit the flesh nature. And it's that nature that urges us to give in to these things. It's natural to our flesh man. A pure example of this is a newborn baby, Uh, a baby just understanding how to cry to get to be held. You know, you bring little Johnny home from the hospital. He's only been alive a week. He wakes up from his nap and he has a dirty diaper. So what does he do? He cries, that's right. And what do you do? You run into his room and you pick him up and you cuddle him and you get his diaper changed. Come on. So the next time that baby Johnny wants to be picked up and cuddled, what does he do? He starts crying. He knows this is what got picked him up the last time. What is that? Manipulation. Children can be master manipulators. I heard a big amen on that. There's some mamas and daddies in this room raising kids right now. A mother can be entertaining guests or hosting company. And little Ashley, she's only four years old. She'll she'll come in knowing that her mother does not let her have cookies in between lunch and dinner. She knows that her mother never allows her to do that, but she knows when mom's friends are there, it is difficult for her to say no. So when the guests are there, she comes in like, Mama, can I have a cookie? And do you know what mother does? She more than likely says, Sure, you can have one. She's been manipulated. Children will pit one parent against the other. I'll say it again for you. Children will pit one parent against the other. Your son will come in the room. Mom, can I go hang out at the movies with Joey? I'm not calling you out, Peyton. I just realized Joey's like his best friend. It was just the name that came to mind. Mom, can I go go to the movies with David? Mom says no. Then they go to Dad, who doesn't know Mama said no." and Dad says, "Sure, you can go. It's manipulation. Come on, a big fight erupts in the house, because they went to Dad when Mom had already said no, and he said yes to the child, so he feel like, he feels like he has the right to do it. It's manipulation. And hear me, I'm not saying that the child is demon-possessed, but what I am saying is manipulative behavior such as this has its roots in witchcraft. Rebellion. Rebellion. First Samuel fifteen twenty three says this, Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness as iniquity and idolatry. Now this scripture was directed at King Saul because of his disobedience to the Lord. Saul had been instructed by the Lord to contend with the Amalekites. He was to slay the people. He was to slay all of their livestock. Nothing was to be left of them. Saul launched an attack on them. He utterly defeated them. He took the king Agag hostage. But instead of walking in total obedience to God, Saul did what he thought was best. He spared Agag and he kept the best of the livestock. He rebelled against God's authority to get what he wanted, and in doing so, he operated an illegitimate authority. Now, parents, you have God-given authority over your children. This is the order of the home. God has given you the authority over your children. And you have to deal with little Johnny. You have to deal with little Ashley. You got to deal with all the little pookies in the house so so that the law enforcement won't have to. You see, Ephesians 6 says this. Children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. Obey means this, to listen, to hearken, to obey, and submit to the authority of parents. And Paul quotes the fifth commandment here in Ephesians. And in Deuteronomy 5, it's written, honor thy father and thy mother. Honor means respect, give attention, walk in obedience. The parents must govern the child. If the child governs the parents, that child is is using illegitimate authority. So rebellion is the use of illegitimate, ill-gotten authority. And if you have illegitimate authority, it has to be supported by an illegitimate power. And the illegitimate power that supports rebellion is witchcraft. You see, the flesh wants to control, but God wants it surrendered. The flesh desires to control, but God wants it surrendered to him. You have to deal with manipulative children or else they will become manipulative adults. You see, when the Lord told Samuel that Saul had done this, Samuel approached Saul and Saul said, We kept the good livestock to offer sacrifices to the Lord. He had a better idea than what God had. He, he, he thought, I'm going to do what I feel like is right. I know God said to destroy all this, but I think it would be a great idea to keep some of it and offer sacrifices. And in, fifth, in uh, chapter 15, verse 22, Samuel said, Has the Lord as much delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of rams. Rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness as iniquity and idolatry. You see, Saul followed God's plan, but not all the way. He was only partially obedient. And to be partially obedient is to be disobedient. God called it rebellion. A twin of witchcraft. Instead of doing what God told him to do, he did what he wanted to do. So what we see here is that rebellion is the resistance of authority. It's ignoring authority to do what you want to do. Does anybody have any children that's ever ignored authority? to do what they wanted to do. It's this fleshly nature that we operate in because it's natural to this flesh. But many are bewitched, even in the church, to believe, as Saul did, that God is okay with it. But Saul, Samuel responded to Saul, and he said, because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being king. God is not okay with it. God has established authority. <sighs> Romans 13:2 says, so anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted, and they will be punished. I know this is not the most fun message I could ever preach to you this morning. But I feel like God is trying to get some things set in order today. Submission to authority is required. It is required, and it begins in the home according to God's order of the home. And if we don't deal with it in the home, then there's going to be rebellion to the authority of teachers at school. Come on. There'll be rebellion to authority to the supervisor at work. There's going to be rebellion to law enforcement on the street. I have seen it so clearly here over the last while. There is a loss of honor that we need to pray back in over this generation. And obedience to those that are in authority. (sighs) (sighs) Submission to authority is required by God. He has set things in a divine order. And moms and dads, we need to recognize it for what it is. It's not cute. I watch people in restaurants and grocery stores and all around dealing with these children. Operating with this rebellious nature and manipulating and doing all kinds of things, and we want to laugh about it and post about it on social media and act like it's cute. It's not cute. There's a devil loose. Come on. There's a devil loose, and and we must deal with it. We must deal with the spirit of manipulation so it does not deal with them. Somebody shout amen. amen. So manipulation is not only with children. Yeah. The natural way a woman operates is manipulation now. Come on. And all the men said. Yeah. She may throw a fit, turn on the tears to get her way, she may have something that she's wanting to do. and she might even like turn on the tricks of Delilah. Come on. You know what I'm talking about. She'll use even physical ways to get him in the mood to agree with her. It's manipulation. Come on. We got to call it what it is. Men and women are both good at manipulation. You know, a, a husband might see this new watch that he wants to buy. But he knows it's not in the budget. And the wife does the budget. Come on. So he knows there's, like, there's, no, there's no getting around this. So suddenly, you know, the wife has to go to the mall. And surprisingly, he's like, I'll go with you. Yeah. Then they come walking through Dillard's. And all these dresses are hanging there, you know. And he's like, oh, baby, this dress would look beautiful on you. Try that on. Try that on. Oh, get, get two or three of them. Let me, let me see them on you. But let me, let me try, let me see that. You know, she puts on a dress and she's looking at it. It's like, man, I really like this. But, you know, it's not really in the budget. He's like, oh, no, you go ahead. You splurge on that. Baby, you deserve a splurge. I love you. you. You deserve anything you want. You deserve this splurge. Come on. So she buys the dress and takes it home. You know, she loves it. And then. You know, the next day, the husband just happened to be looking online, and he's like, oh, my Lord, wow, this watch that I've always wanted is on sale. Yeah, be careful. Manipulation is not of God. It's called witchcraft. Ooh, Manipulation. It works in every avenue of the family but it is also at work in every area of life you see it on the job come on you see it everywhere you go it is a natural work of the flesh now the second key controlling spirit apart from manipulation is intimidation intimidation huh so manipulation and intimidation have the same goal to control the other person. In the same manner we can see manipulation in both husband and wife, we can also see intimidation. Even though a lot of times the way a natural the natural way that a, a man controls is through intimidation. We can see it a lot of times with men, maybe a husband. He's a guy, and he's a brute, and he has a terrible temper. And if something sets him off, boy, you just better look out. Now, a husband might come home from work and sit down in his chair, and he just wants to sit in that chair, and he just wants to relax. The kids are playing, and they accidentally spill the tea pitcher. In the middle of the kitchen floor. Come on. He immediately starts screaming about how, how, how hard he works. And he starts threatening the kids. He goes off on the wife. Begins telling her how sorry of the housekeeper she is. And how he works so hard all day long. And in this whole scenario, the wife is hurting. The kids are afraid. The husband is railing. And because of this way, of this husband, the whole family tiptoes around him because they don't want to do anything that would set him off. What is it? It's intimidation. His goal? To get his way. Domination. I've seen so many husbands dominate their wives, and wives so dominate their husbands that it's tragic. Listen, when you cannot allow your mate to have his or her own personality and opinions, there's a devil loose. Come on. When a wife decides she should have to control, that she should have control over the man and will have it by any means necessary, that's domination, and there's a devil loose. When a man says, I'm the cheap breadwinner in the house, so I decide where every dime is spent, that's domination. Domination has its roots in witchcraft and causes countless divorces. It's a controlling spirit and it must be broken. When these spirits are rampant in our homes, we are under hell spells. Now, in family, it is a sure thing that you will have differences. We're not going to always agree. We're going to want some things sometimes that the other person doesn't want. But God's order for the home is that we talk it out face to face. We do it prayerfully. We do it submitted to God. We do it submitted to one another. Come on. Manipulation and intimidation don't face the real issue. One is going around the other to get what one wants. It's doing it our way, not God's way. But remember, rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness as idolatry. That's what he told King Saul. He was stubborn in that he wanted what he wanted to do, opposing what God had told him to do. He idolized his own opinion. Stubbornness is idolizing our own opinion. And to operate in stubbornness is a determination not to change one's attitude or position on something. And the Bible says it's the twin to iniquity and idolatry. Whew. But yeah, we got a lot of stubborn people in the church. Come on. We got a lot of stubborn mamas and stubborn daddies and stubborn children. And the Bible says that that spirit is rooted in witchcraft. Stubbornness is like idolatry. It's like you allowing someone to come into your home with a carved image, set it up on your table, and bow down and start worshiping it. You wouldn't have that. And in God's eyes, stubborn people are idolaters. Man, this is getting real, isn't it? If you can't say amen, just say Ouch. <sighs> but King Saul operated in this when he chose to do what he wanted with the Amalekites' livestock rather than doing what God had told him to do. And when these ways are at work in our home, we have a home that is under hell spells. We are being dominated by the enemy, and domination is bondage, it's not freedom. Jesus came so that we could have freedom in Christ, so that our homes could be free, that we could have marriages that are free, families that are free. Hallelujah. And Galatians 5, 1 says this, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Christ has made us free, and we have no business bringing other people into bondage or placing ourselves in bondage either. Now, maybe you've recognized some of these traits in someone close to you or even in yourself. And I pray more than you do, look at your husband or your wife or anybody else that you know. I pray that you will look in the mirror and let God examine your heart Examine our hearts in this time that we are living in. And what you must understand is this. If you recognize some of these traits, this is a spiritual battle. And you must fight it with spiritual weapons. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Witchcraft in the home is displayed through manipulation, intimidation, and domination. Paul said it's the flesh that wants to control. It's the flesh that wants to manipulate, intimidate, dominate, whatever it takes to have control. And its root is rebellion. Rebellion against authority, rebellion against the word of God, rebellion against what God has spoken over our lives and the way that he has commanded us to live. And the only way to be an overcomer is by making God's word the final authority in your life. What does that mean, Pastor Don? That means i got to submit my flesh. I've got to submit this flesh flesh to the Word of God. The Word has the final say. If the Word says, I don't act like that, I don't act like that. If the Word says, I don't do that, then I don't do that. I have to be submitted to the Word of the Lord. (laughs) Any work of the flesh our work in us must be surrendered to the Holy Spirit. Paul said, the works of the flesh are many, but right in the middle, idolatry and witchcraft but then he goes on to say but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy peace, patience, kindness goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self control against such things there is no law and those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there That word crucify means to drive down with stakes. In other words, not getting back up off the cross again. Killing it. It's dead. It means to extinguish passion or selfishness. To crucify. Listen, real freedom. You want to really be free? You wanna really walk in a life of freedom? You wanna really know freedom in your mind and freedom in your life? Surrender everything to Jesus Christ. Surrender all control to Jesus Christ. Quit trying to control your day, your future. Quit trying to control people. Quit trying to control the outcome. Surrender all control to Jesus Christ. Somebody give Jesus a praise. Oh, he's the one who sets us free. And the Bible says to live for Christ is to die to this flesh and its desires. That's the life of a Christian. That's the life of a true believer in Christ. And it ain't easy. If it was hard for Paul, thank God I have his example. Amen. Gives me a little grace for myself to know that Paul struggled. Paul said, I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. He says in Romans, I want to do what is right But what I want to do, I don't do. And then what I don't want to do is what I do. Come on. And that could be some of us in this room today. I want to be gracious and loving to my children. But instead, instead I'm harsh and I'm hateful. I want to fill my home with kindness and goodness. But instead, my words are cutting and they're wounding. Paul said it. He said, what I want to do, I don't do. And what I don't want to do, I do. He said, I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. And he said, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Only through Jesus Christ can you conquer this flesh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We cannot overcome through our own strength, but our victory to overcome the flesh is to walk in the Spirit, the Bible says, and be led by the Spirit. Now, to be led by the Spirit means more than to be guided by Him. When you look it up, it means to let Him drive. It means to let Him have all control. Yeah, that's heavy. That's heavy. That's deep. (laughs) Come on. That's deep stuff. That's deep waters. Because in all of us, we have that thing within us that wants to control. We want to control others. We want to control our life. We want to be in control. But the Spirit of God is calling us today to let that go and to surrender this flesh to Him to put it on the cross, to nail it on the cross. And I heard the Spirit of the Lord speak to me. If I could have the the musicians come, I'm getting ready to close. I think we've had all we can take. What do you think? (laughs) I heard the Spirit of the Lord speak to me on the weekend of Rosh Hashanah. Like I said, that there is a great shaking taking place right now. And that this is the hour of decision and choice. And I have I have seen God just stirring, stirring people. There is truly an intentional calling forth of the Lord. I'm I'm having people call and they're coming, they're stopping by the church. I think it happened this week. People stopping by the church because their life is just in such a mess and they're willing to surrender things over to the Lord. I got an email just yesterday from a guy who's been a part of this church and if you're watching, I speak deliverance over you in the name of Jesus. He reached out and he said, my flesh has been dominating my life, but I want to be free. I want to be free. There are so many people that have been battling just that the flesh has been controlling their lives and taking them to places they never dreamed or thought that they could imagine that they would go. And the Bible says that the mindset on the Spirit is life and peace, but the mindset on the flesh is death. If we continue to set our mind on the things of the flesh, if we continue to give in to the ways of the flesh, it only leads to death. It leads to the death of your family, to the death of your marriage. It leads to the death of your purpose. Come on. But we have been called to live in the Spirit and walk in the Spirit. So that we do not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And now I said it when I opened it up. Now is not the day for partial obedience. Saul walked in that spirit of partial obedience. And God plucked him out of his position. And then he said, I look for a man who is after my heart. And we know he found King David and established him on the throne. God, man looks at the outward, but God is looking at the heart this morning. And he is dealing with these areas inside of us, these works of the flesh that want to rule, they want to overcome, they want to take charge, they want to have dominion, not only over others, but in our own life. When Jesus said, I have come, that you might have life and have it more abundantly hallelujah it's time to nail every work of the flesh to the cross and crucify it Whew. I see you just staring at me because this is this is the word of the Lord when when Paul listed the works of the flesh, he said, I've told you and I tell you again, these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. We, there's no ifs, ands, buts about it. We have to get these ways in us crucified, we have to lay them down, we have to submit ourselves to the authority of the Word of God. And in that place is real freedom. I see so many people, they want to truly know what freedom is like. They want to truly live in freedom. And the only way to real freedom is in surrender into to letting it all go. Will you close your eyes and just bow your heads today? God is calling some moms and dads to go all in. And I believe he's gonna restore marriages. He's gonna restore, bring healing to families. He's going to break that spirit of control that manipulates and intimidates and dominates. He's going to release resurrection power in your life to help you overcome today and truly walk under his authority of his word and know real freedom. All over this room this morning, I first want to give this call. If you're in this room today and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, you've never made him Lord of your life first and foremost, you've never yielded all to him and asked him to forgive you of your sins and to be Lord, will you slip your hand up? Anybody in the room? see those yeah I see you Will you all over this room will you put your hand on your heart today and will you pray this prayer after me with these that have raised their hand and let's just do our first works again say Heavenly Father I come to you in Jesus name I repent for all of my sins ask you to forgive me, Lord, in every way that I have sinned against you. Today, Lord, I open up my heart. I open my life to you. I ask you to come in. Be the Lord of my life. Save me. Heal me. Turn my life around. I release control and I give you all control in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Now will you stand up all over this room and the Bible says that we have to nail to the cross let's read that scripture again those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there there's something to me about you know just like doing an act that really seems to solidify things for me demonstrate what I'm asking the Lord to do. if you're in this room today, and there are some works of the flesh that you know is rooted in witchcraft, it's rooted in idolatry, you have put your way over God's way, you have not surrendered some areas, and today you want to nail it down. Today, you want to drive the stake in it. I want to invite you to walk down to these altars. And we are going to leave some things right here today. We are going to lay down some things. We are going to nail some things on the cross. We are going to deny this flesh anymore, right? To rise in disobedience to God's Word, to His voice, and to His way. And in Jesus' name, freedom is coming. Freedom and victory is coming as you do this, as you do this. This may not be everybody in the room, but I know that God has brought me here for some families. He's brought me here for some moms and dads. He's brought me here for some students. He's brought me here for some people who says, Pastor Don, I'm tired. I'm tired of wrestling with this thing. I'm tired of warring against this part of my flesh. I'm really, I'm ready right now to nail it on the cross I'm ready to crucify it I'm surrendering my way I'm surrendering control I'm surrendering having to control everything control my life to try to control this issue in Jesus name I'm going to bring it to him this morning and I am going to relinquish all control to Jesus hallelujah if that's you come down If that's you, come down. I wouldn't play games with the enemy. We've called it for what it is. It's not a god to be dominated by these things, but it's of the flesh, and the Bible calls it witchcraft, and it's time to eradicate it from our lives in the name of Jesus. Well, so if that's you, come on down. Come on down, come on, we're waiting for you. Let's deal with it today. Let's deal with it. Let's get it under the blood of Jesus. Let's lay it down. Come on. Let's lay it down. Let's crucify it. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's it. We're coming. Keep on coming. Keep on coming. As you walk down to this altar, I want you to slip your hands to the Lord and I want you to begin actively surrendering every place is it manipulation, is it intimidation, is it control, is it rebellion what is it that the Lord has called you out of but yet you have maintained a hold of it right now I want you to slip your hands up and give it to God release it to God release it to God Lord I surrender. I surrender, I surrender, I surrender, I surrender this flesh, I surrender this way, I surrender this attitude, I surrender this behavior, I surrender it God, I surrender it God, I have rebelled by maintaining it, I have rebelled by continuing to act in it. Oh, somebody just began to just call it out and give it to Him call it out and give it to Him Lord I give it to You I surrender it to You God I can't do this on my own but Lord today I surrender it to You and I say Lord give me the strength give me the power deliver me today any pastor to come by. I want you to begin to lay hands on these that are here. God is about to deliver. Paul said, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ. He is still a deliverer. The hold the enemy has had on you. He has Should
1: Over everything, over everything
0: Take the king over everything. If you'll take His word over everything. Ooh, if you'll take His presence over everything, somebody lift a shout to the Lord in this house. Hallelujah!
1: Hallelujah!
0: Father God, we thank you. We declare that every hell spell is broken, off of families, off of marriages, off of children in this place today. Father God, we declare, we vow, we bow, we vow, we bow. We yield to you. We yield to your word. We yield to what you have called us to do, who you have called us to be. God, we consecrate our lives before you. In House this morning we declare every demonic stronghold is broken every generational curse is destroyed every curse has been broken in the mighty name of jesus christ and today we walk out of this place in freedom and in liberty hallelujah in the mighty name of jesus Woo. somebody give god praise if you're free today
2: Thanks for watching the message. I'm sure this spoke to you here. It's what I want you to do. Why don't you subscribe to this YouTube channel? That way, every time there's a new message, you'll get to hear it. Also, many of you have watched this. Some of you watch on a regular basis. Why not take time and so? You can give at calvaryfl.com. You can give on your phones and you can be a part of helping us take this message around the world. The message of hope message of Jesus Christ. Can't wait to see you back here real soon.